1450 AM, WKXL 103.9 in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in the Manchester area. It is Kale and Company, and we are presented by Weed Family Automotive, located at 124 Store Street in Concord. It is 603-225-7988 if you want to make an appointment, or you can do it online at weedfamilyautomotive.com. What a weekend it was! In the world of sports, I'm uh, joined here by my co-host, Kitty Ray, and we have a very special guest coming up. Great weekend in sports, but nothing as exciting locally as the Concord High Crimson Tide boys hockey team winning their 11th Division I hockey title. And what was it, the ninth under head coach, Duncan Walsh? Is that true? Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Dunk, it was, uh, it was an amazing year. Uh, the Tide to shut out Bedford, for those who don't know, at uh, SNHU Arena in Manchester on Saturday, 3 to nothing. Duncan Walsh, the head coach of the uh, Crimson Tide, is uh, joining us. And, uh, Dunk, you know, it, it's never easy, uh, you know, when you battle Bedford, but uh, you beat them four times this season and uh, tied another. Yeah, it, it's well. First of all, it's never easy to win, um, as everybody knows. But uh, we have played them four times, like you said, Ken. We beat them three times, tied them once. Um, we knew it was going to be a tough game, but I think our guys were, you know, just so focused and um, just knew that uh, we were not going to let this slip away. We, you know, we had such a great year and. Um, our kids came out and played great, and, and Bedford's a really good team, but I think our kids knew that we just had to come out and finish it off. Which you did, and, uh, you know, Saturday's win uh, completed an undefeated season for the Crimson Tide, 23-0-2 overall, 19-0-2 wow. in Division One play. The other four wins were in the uh, Brian Seastone Christmas Tournament in Manchester. Dunk, how difficult, and you mentioned how difficult it is just to win, period. But how difficult is it to go undefeated when everyone wants to knock off the defending Division One champs every night you step out onto that ice? Yeah, I mean, and we, and we, talked, to, we talked about that a lot. The kids, you know, to our guys, that, um, you know, we're a target guys, you know, every game, during the regular season, not necessarily the tournament, but during the regular season, um, this is going to make their season if they can knock us off and, you know, you know we beat Concord. And, uh, it happened a couple years ago, 2020, the COVID year. We, we, were, uh, we lost one game all year. Pinker and Beers down there, 3 nothing, And uh, we just, it was one of those nights that the played great. And, and, and it was one of those deals that, you know, you just move on. Okay, we lost. Uh, and we never get to play in the finals that year because of the uh, COVID. They shut us down the day before. So, so I, you know, honestly, I thought that's probably going to happen during the season, one of those nights that, you know, you know we're going to go out and the boys are going to play great and we don't win. But, and, you know, so many people told me, oh, it's good to lose one, blah, blah, blah. But um, we never did. If you get to the tournament, well, it's too late now. we got to win them all. So, and our kids were great. Our kids just kept, you know, just kept battling and um, they weren't going to be denied. Kind of, that was kind of their mentality. So the uh, undefeated season was was very important to your guys. Well, it, it, definitely they they want to win every game. Sure. I mean, and, and me, me personally, I'm thinking you know would be a, 
wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to lose one, but um, the later you get, you kind of run out of time. So you got to run them all, you know. That's kind of the. Uh, you know, we had those couple ties that, that we, you know, we obviously could have gone the other way, and we played well against uh, Hanover and Bedford. Um, kind of let, let it slip away late. Both those games, they tied it late, you know, like with the goalie pulled. Um, so, you know, and, and like a lot of averages, I kept thinking to myself, I mean, you think the worst. You know, if we get in another overtime game in the tournament, uh, we're due to lose one, you know. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, in the tournament, we played. You know, Salem, we played really well 5-1. Hanover, we played really well in the semis. And then yesterday, we jumped out there and, you know, got the 2 the lead and the big goal at the end of the second. 3 nothing going in the third. So, unfortunately, it didn't get to that point. But, uh, you know, these kids, it definitely, it was really important for them to win them all. Did it ever enter your mind, Dunk, during the uh, course of the season, maybe toward the latter stages of the season, that the team might have peaked too soon? Did you ever think about that? Oh, definitely, because we had, we played, uh, I think, I think it was, um, like, early February, we had a 12-day break, and, and, and part of it was, like, that's a good thing, because we had a lot of injuries, and, you know, we're going to get healthy, and we came back, and we were kind of sluggish, we weren't, we weren't as, 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 as good as we had been earlier, and we were thinking, can we get it, can we get it back to that point where we're, we're really playing well, and, um, so there was a couple of games we didn't play great, and then, um, you know, I think when we get to the tournament, I think, uh, and I, you know, we tell them, you know, you know, you can't just hit the switch. You can't just throw the switch on. All of a sudden, we're going to play really well. So, um, but the kids, you know, seems like actually, they actually, they kind of did. I mean, tournament game, and I thought those three games uh, we played really well. So, yeah, there was a time that I thought that um, we're going to play better than, than you know than we are right now, and. Um, um, and I think the tournament, we did. We played really well. Well, my cohort here, uh, Kitty Ray, has a question for you, Dunk. I do, I do. You know, uh, Coach, I have been to, I can't say every game, but almost every game. And, you know, as a fan, I was a little concerned when, not that they were in the championship, but playing at SNHU because it looked, you know, it's obviously a bigger ice, if I can say that. Do you prepare them in a certain way to play on a larger scale, or is that you don't even think about that? No, definitely, it's a different, totally different um, venue. It's just it's big, and uh, the surface itself is, you know, I think St. A's is similar. I think it's like two hundred by eighty-five or ninety, but the environment is totally different. It's big and. Even though I don't even know what the attendance was yesterday, there was a good crowd. There might have been three or four thousand there, but there's still seven thousand empty seats. So it's 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 totally different. It's warmer. It's a it's a pro rank. So right. yeah, I mean we talked about it, but and you have no idea how they're gonna they're gonna uh, you know react to it. Um, but yeah, this it's always a concern because that's the fourth time we played there since I've been coaching and. Uh, we won one in 2010, 15 and 17, we got the ball. So, so uh, you know, you just hope that the kids go out and play the same as they, as they always do. Right. And, and I thought yesterday, yeah, but definitely it's, it's, it's a different, it's totally different than, especially the JFK. We play, we play there all the time. It's right. Small, right. Um, so yeah, so, you know, it's, it's definitely different. Yes. Yeah, no doubt. 
Duncan Walsh is with us. Uh, just completed his uh, 32nd season uh, with the Concord High Crimson Tide uh, as their head coach. That's hard to believe, Dunk, for such a young guy. 32 years. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm 58, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I started, uh, I got out of college, I got the, uh, I was applied to the assistant Bill Harvick Sr. hired me back in 1986, uh, so I was the assistant for four, and then I uh, became a head coach in, uh, like, the fall of 90. I've, you know, enjoyed my time, I've loved coaching, it's been a great, uh, been a great run, great kids, great assistant coaches, great support from you know, my booster club and our parents and uh, and the school. So I've enjoyed my time and hopefully I got you know, hopefully I got a few more years left. Oh, I, I think you have many years left. How do you think it makes me feel? I used to call <laughs> your games in high school. Well, <laughs> we talked about this, you called one of the greatest games I've ever played. I, probably the greatest game I ever played in semi finals nineteen eighty, Brady Memorial triple overtime and uh so we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah, time flies. It certainly does. <laughs> it does. No, no doubt about that. Uh, let's let's talk about the championship game uh, specifically. You lost your outstanding sophomore defenseman Jack Shoemaker early in that game to injury, and then you had to make uh, some adjustments uh, to fill that void. Yeah, Jack went down like I would say seven into the game. Uh, he just looked okay his decap, which is. Obviously, we knew he wasn't coming back. So, uh, fortunately, Colin Nelson, our first-line left-wing, number two senior, um, for his first two years, he played defense. So, it was kind of an obvious move for us. Um, we moved him back, and then we just kind of adjusted the lines. It kind of mixed the match. Like, I mean, uh, the lines weren't consistent like they always were. Um, but, you know, we had Brooks Craig and... and uh, Kim McGonagall, you know, two of our centers, we kind of, like, the second half of the game kind of just went two centers and three sets of wings. Not something we would ever do, but in that situation, we had to do what was best on the team. And, uh, so Colin Dallas Dallas went back and played the did a great job. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And uh, certainly Jack's a key guy for us. He plays a lot and he's still on the power play. And, um, and fortunately, he's, he's going to be fine. But, um, a guy stepped up and I thought uh, did a great job. Oh, no doubt about it. It was a complete uh, team effort, uh, as it has been uh, all year long. I, I just saw the uh, you know, the the first team uh, come out and all the uh, the all stars for the for the all the hockey throughout uh, the state of New Hampshire in Division One, and uh, your player Brooks Craig was uh, Player of the Year. How about that? Yeah, he's something else. He's special. He's fun to watch. You know, he's not, he's not big, but he plays big, and uh, he's just like, such a competitor and so much skill and speed, and he's fun to watch, and uh, just a great athlete. It's, it's an athletic family. Probably no kid. His father was a major league draft pick uh, out, of, out of high school for the Minnesota Twins back in 1995, uh, so uh, an athletic family, and his little brother Trevor, is, uh, he's a third liner for us, so... Uh, Brooks is such a good player, just a, a great kid, a leader. So when he's doing just so we get him back next year, so uh, right. uh, good for him. We look forward to having him back. And I also noticed on the first team, both 
of your goaltenders, Kevin Jones and Will Pegnum, certainly both had outstanding uh, senior seasons, and uh, they will certainly be missed. Now, I've got to ask you, Dunk, last season it was Jones in the semifinal and the final, and this year it was Pegnum in the semifinal and the final. How do you make that decision? It was so hard. It was so hard. Um, you know, last year it was Memphis who played Bishop Gertz, and they kind of outplayed us almost. It was probably the only game all year we got outplayed. And Jonesy played so well, and we just said, you know what, he just played good. Let's let's go with the Maroon and play them. And then the other night against Hanover on Wednesday night, not that we got outplayed, we certainly outplayed him, but Pega was good. He was really good. And it just kind of went with the same philosophy. Um, in both kids, it's so hard because you've got two senior goalies who are both good goalies and really good kids that care about the team. So um, it, was, it, it, was, it was as hard as a decision we've ever had to make. And um, we went with Will, and, and Will played really well, and Jonesy was great about it. And, and they're just both good kids that care about the team. So, you know what, and, 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 and going forward, both of them can... can you know, leave here knowing that they each played a state championship game and, and both won state championships. So, so it turned out, it, you know, it turned out as good as it could be. And at the All-State meeting last week, um, kind of unprecedented. We, we wrote it that two first-team co-first-team uh, goalies, which probably will never happen again, and especially teammates, you know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, it, you know, it's a good situation, but it's tough. I mean, you'd rather have a sophomore in a senior just because it makes it makes life easier, you know, play the senior. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? But um, but they're both really good goalies, you know. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the day before the the championship game, you put up a Facebook post uh, that I saw with a team picture saying, and I quote you, Duncan Walsh, "I love this team. Going to give it our best tomorrow." Meaning in the championship game. Uh, how does this team uh, compare to other uh, teams that you've had? You know, I, okay, this team, I told them yesterday, I told them on Friday, this team, like, as far as um, kid-wise, there's none better. They just they play hard. They, they, they're so coachable. And the way they treat each other is, is, just, is just unprecedented. The way they have nine seniors, we have, you know, so the way they treat the younger kids is, is, is great. It's such a team. It's such a tight group. And that I think that's what's made us successful the last, not just this year, the last couple of years, that whole group of kids, you know, the McGonagall's and the Craig's and the Costumes and the Nelson's, it's the two goalies. Um, it just, they just, it's a tight group. They care. They, they want to win and they like each other. That makes, and I told the rest of it, I said, coaching you guys has been so easy. And that's not always the way it is. I mean, I've been doing it a long time. And some teams, it's harder than others. But this team, uh, it's not just about winning either. This team just, yeah. they're, they're so easy to coach. So I, I always uh, put them right up there at the other top. Now, that, that, is, that is terrific. Uh, a great bunch of kids, as you said. And, uh, you know, uh, they have such, and you, you alluded to it earlier, such great support uh, from the parents, uh, the Booster Club. Uh, I, I don't know if there's one uh, that even comes close uh, around the state, but the Concord High uh, Boys Hockey uh, Booster Club is just truly amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I talked to a lot of coaches over the years, like, 
And all I hear is, oh, the parents, the parents. And I got to be honest, I, I've been so lucky. I, <laughs> I've really not had a lot of issues over the years with parents, and I've used to probably, and I tell second of them, I mean, the stuff they do, like that golf tournament, and our <laughs> support as far as what they do for our kids, and I mean, even like, even like that with you, like Facebook Live, like our broadcast, like we're like a, a, a full, like professional high school team. Our broadcast is unbelievable. And a lot of it's because of our booster club. They, they, they allow this to happen and, and uh, they'll bring a new in and the whole, the whole thing. It's just, it's, it's so similar. I've been, I've been pretty lucky over the years. Well, I feel very fortunate that, uh, I've been able to do those games on Facebook the last two years. It's been, uh, so much fun for me. I, I hope that we're able to continue that for um, a number of years to come. And, and Dunk, uh, all I can say is congratulations to you and uh, your terrific staff. Uh, I'll tell you, you, uh, you know, you have Billy and, and Pat, and uh, and I know you're, you're grateful to have those guys around. Oh, yeah. Billy and Billy, you know, those kids play for me, so they know the program and they care about it. And that's what you, that's what's so important. They, like, they are so into, into the team and it's important to them, and that's you know that's what you need. And uh, Billy's, uh, he's 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 just, you know, I swear he uh, like doesn't sleep at night sometimes because of <laughs> stuff like uh, hopefully Ken Kale can do the game tomorrow. <laughs> but but uh, no, it's great. I have two good assistants and guys that care and uh, so committed to the program. So I'm very lucky. Well, yeah. well, Coach, I have to say real quick, you are our Coach of the Year. And I, everything you're talking about the team, it really does start with you, and it works. If it wasn't for you and that cohesiveness, it uh, please know that uh, that you are a huge part of that success. Well, I appreciate that. I just um, I love coaching. It's not, I've never looked at it as a uh, as a job. I, I do get paid to do it, but I've never looked at it that way. I just I enjoy it. I enjoy the kids, the competition, the sport, and I've had great support from the high school and uh, you know. I, like I said, my assistant coaches, uh, parents, with the club, so very fortunate. Well, Dunk, you've done a terrific job for 32 years, and even though we hear that Tom Brady is coming back for another season, you'll be coaching longer than he plays. I'm sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I heard that today. Where is he Where is he playing? He's playing back in Tampa Bay. Is he really? Wow. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll still outlast him, That's Dunk. Right. I know you will. Hopefully we can win one. One more before he does. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. Dunk, thanks so much for taking the time. We really appreciate yes, it. And, and congratulations again. Okay. Thanks, both of you. Ted, uh, great, to, great to talk to you. And like I said, you did an unbelievable job. Uh, and we look forward to next year. We'll, we'll bring you back for more games. I certainly hope so. Thanks, Dunk. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. Take care. Okay. See you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. There's Duncan Walsh, 32 years. Wow. 32 years as head coach of the Crimson Tide, and uh, what an amazing job he's done. I know his first title was in 1992. Seems like a long time ago, right? Yeah, for sure. And you know something? I did not bring this up. Of all the coaches that I've seen, he is the coolest, and I mean that. I, I watch him on the sidelines, and he is, never gets upset. I don't know how that happens. He's the coolest coach. No yeah. pun intended. And, uh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So we thank Dunk for taking the time. We appreciate him being on the show here at AM 1450 WKXL, 1039 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM 
in the Manchester area. We are presented by Weed Family Automotive. They're located at 124 Store Street in Concord. You can give them a call, make a reservation, or make an appointment, I should say. I don't think Dan's going to put you up <laughs> at Weed Family Automotive. But uh, 603-225-7988. Or you can do it online at uh, weedfamilyautomotive.com. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company. Great to have you along with us. And the big news locally over the weekend, of course, as we mentioned in the first segment of the show, was the Concord High Crimson Tide winning, let's say, their third consecutive uh, Division I state title. And I, I just qualify that a little bit. They won last year, beating Salem. Uh, they won on Saturday over Bedford. And the previous year, they couldn't play the championship game against Bedford uh, because of COVID. So uh, Bedford and Concord were declared co-champions. Although we know yes. in our hearts that Concord would have won that game. And they would have. And they were declared by the NHIAA as uh, co-champions. So uh, three in a row, technically, yes. for the Concord High Crimson Tide. And uh, what a career uh, Dunk Walsh has had. And uh, he is just uh, just terrific and has, uh, has had some outstanding players. I, I know that you actually work with one of his uh, former players. But, uh, I do, yeah, actually. Yeah, a couple yeah, of them, yeah. actually. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we hope Dunk is around for many years. So he mentioned Tom Brady. Oh, yes. Yes, we did. Oh, and uh, apparently Tom Brady, according to reports, will be back for yet another season with Tampa Bay. I cannot believe that he's in Tampa Bay. Am I the only one really was hoping if he came back that he was going to go to San Francisco? I was hoping he would be elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, and preferably, I would say San Francisco. I guess if you really had your druthers, you'd say, come back to the Patriots one more year. <laughs> Help Mac Jones out a little bit in his maturation process. But you knew, kind of knew that was not going to happen. That was a pipe dream. But San Francisco, I thought, was a reality. Uh, but apparently, uh, as the reports have it, he is going back He's, to yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like he never really left because the retirement thing was so messed up with did he really retire, did he not retire, did he really leave at all? So when they said he was going to come back from retirement or whatever that's called, did he really leave? I don't know. Not really. I mean, what was that retirement thing yeah. all about? Was well, he angling for more money, a better contract? Do you think? I think there may be something to that, yeah. To, for a better contract? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Maybe a better coach? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, you know, Bruce Arians... You know, the two of them in the last couple of weeks, it didn't sound like things ended well, and it made it implied that Brady left for, wasn't just to retire. It was because he didn't get along, or there was issues yeah. with Arians. With Arians, yeah. But as far as we know, at, at this recording anyway, that uh, Bruce Arians is going to be back as head coach. Tom Brady will be back. They'll probably uh, reunite the whole gang, meaning that uh, Gronk will be back as well. You mean, are we going to see another commercial with Gronk saying, Hey, Ma! <laughs> Where's my football pants? Do you think that <laughs> Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. So that was another huge story uh, this weekend was Tom Brady. Yes. The return of Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I'm going to say my uh, fantasy football uh, team 
will probably benefit if I do get to get him because Tom Brady was my quarterback this past year, and I won. Yeah, you did. You I won, did. You won your fantasy football league. I did. Of which I was a part. Yes. I took it on the How chin did you finish, a couple of times. <laughs> I, I didn't finish number one. That's no, for you sure. Didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think football, the NFL, is a better league when Tom Brady is in it. So as far as I'm You're concerned, right. uh, as long as he's in it, uh, even if it's with Tampa Bay, I think it's a better league. I think it's a more intriguing league if Tom Brady is playing in it. Yeah, you're right about that. And now we've, what, Aaron Rodgers is staying at Green He's Bay. He's staying at Green Bay, yes. And we've had some tw- trades already, right? The Russell they? Wilson yes. has wound up in Denver in the Mile High City. Yes. He and his wife, Sierra. Is that her name? Uh, is it Sierra? Sierra? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Sierra Mist, right? No, oh, stop. Oh, oh, no, it's no, a different she's Sierra. a singer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, who else was it? That just um, who? Just... Uh, Kirk Cousins yeah, uh, Kirk just Cousins. re-upped. Yes, he re-upped with the Minnesota Vikings for another year, and I think thirty-five million dollars. Oh, now that is huge. That's for a, you one, know that's a classic case of overpaying. For one year. One year. Wow. Thirty-five million for Kirk Cousins. Wow. Tom Brady doesn't even make that no, much money. No. Well, Although Aaron Rodgers does. He's making $50 million. Wow. 5 0. 5 0. That's, I think, the biggest one year deal wow. in uh, at least North American sports history. Right. Biggest one year wow. deal for Aaron Rodgers. What's he ever done? I know. What's he ever done? He just walks around and looks pretty. <laughs> I mean, if you think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Talking about looking pretty. What about Jimmy Grappolo? Uh, Is he pretty. still in in uh, San Francisco? Uh, he's a free agent, he so is. he can uh, go but he anywhere. Hasn't moved yet, right? Hasn't moved yet. No. Hasn't uh, hasn't moved yet. They have a young quarterback, Trey Lance, there, uh, who played a, in a few games last year for the 49ers, but uh, certainly unproven and uh, pretty much untested. Uh, and uh, so, you know, he, I don't know if he'll stay there yeah. uh, or not. Oh, but and uh, Carson. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Went to yeah. Philly, right? He's in Philadelphia. No, no. Where no, did he, he go? He went to uh, Washington. Oh, Washington. That's he's, right. He's a, he's a commander. He's a commander. That's right. Because Yes. Yes, that's right. Carson Who is Wentz. in Philly now, though? Did Philly, or did they do the trade with? No. What was uh, the Philly? Was there something going on with Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, there, there could there be, there could be, but happening. no, I, no, Carson Wentz Deshaun now is Deshaun Watson, okay. Well, he's what still out thinking? there. Deshaun Watson okay, is still, still out there. there. He is still out there as a, uh, as, well, he's not a free agent. His rights still belong to Houston, but chances are he will not be back as okay. a member of the Houston Texans. All so. right. What about Derek Carr? Derek Carr is, uh, the quarterback at Las Vegas. He's, okay. He's the, the Vegas quarterback. Yes. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah, and okay. uh, under Josh McDaniels, right, their right. new head coach. That'll be his. This will be something we'll for see. Josh. And we'll this see. Maybe he'll bring. Huge. Maybe he'll bring in Garoppolo. Who knows? Oh, maybe. Uh, I mean, hey. I mean, they worked together before for a good while. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, so much. So yes, yeah, so many Ooh. things going on, and we, you know Just what? We still bit. we still have not mentioned the fact. Oh, we have not mentioned the fact that baseball. Is, baseball is back. Oh, finally. Yes, finally. After a, I think it was all told, a 99-day lockout. Wow, is that the Spring longest? Spring training games are about to begin, folks. 
Was it a shortened one, though? Senior citizens will be employed in Florida and Arizona. <laughs> Heck, all over the country. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> we need ushers. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. But, uh, no, it's... Uh, it's. I think it's a good thing. They're going to they're going to make up uh, all the games that were previously quote unquote canceled by the commissioner Rob Manfred. And the one thing I was a couple of things I was surprised at uh, as a result of the collective uh, bargaining agreement, they're going to go back to nine inning doubleheaders. In other words, two nine inning games. Long. And uh, they they implemented last year the two seven inning game format for uh, doubleheaders. Two seven inning games comprising a doubleheader. Uh, so I was a little surprised because you know part of the deal of or, or part of their mission in Major League Baseball is to either shorten games or pick up the pace of play. This is not going to happen. Yeah, and and it's you know if they want to shorten games. Uh, well, they, they could go to those two uh, seven-inning games for doubleheaders. They're, I guess they're going to implement a pitch timer. Not this year, though. In 2023. Not in 2022. 2023, the pitch timer will come in. What do they have to do? Uh, regulate the timer? I guess so. I mean, why I, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, shifts are going to be outlawed. Uh, as of 2023, there is a lot of shifting. I a lot of say shifting. That. There's a lot when of shifty look, shifting going on in when, baseball. <laughs> when you look out and I see someone on second base or a second base player, is that the second base player, or is or is that the shortstop, oh, yeah. or, is or is that the third, thir- or is that the third baseman, or exactly. is that the third baseman in right field, or where short right field, like like softball, you know, when they play with a short fielder, yeah. Yeah. Yes. But you know what? But the only time that I could really, I would know is if they were bunting. And then they would draw the, you know, the outfielders in. And yeah. The infielders would play Correct. in the corners. Yeah. The infielders they would, would come do in. That. Yeah. But I don't uh, get the shifting. shifting thing. Well, the shifting. What is that? Well, they, they go, uh, if there's a, a, a left handed batter up, you'll often see the uh, three uh, infielders on the right side of the infield and maybe the other infielder. Uh, will be out in right field. You know, if there's a left-handed batter up and, uh, you know, for a, a right-handed batter, uh, there'd be three infielders on the left, left side, side of yeah, the infield. because of the natural swing, right? Is that what the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, it used to be. What, there's been shifting going on for a long time in baseball. And, uh, you know, they used to shift uh, from time to time on Ted Williams and a couple of the other, you know, superstars. Now... You know, they're shifting on, you know, on 220 hitters, you know, and it doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, but, uh, you know, they 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 want to, you know, speed the pace of the game. All right. That's one of their objectives in Major okay. League Baseball is to speed the pace of the game. But they're going to eliminate shifting. They eliminate shifting. All right. They will be adding more offense. Now, fans love offense. Right. I think they'd rather see a high-scoring game than a low-scoring game. Most most fans For like sure. to see In baseball. offense. Mm-hmm. However, and that's good. I enjoy the offense, too. But if you want to take time off games, Not you, you don't want more yeah. offense. More scoring right. longer and that's, more time on base. And, and, and the other part of that deal is, too, there's going to be the universal designated hitter starting this year. Starting in 2022, both leagues will be using DHs. Which means the pitchers don't bat, don't bat period, Correct. period, in either league. Right, but and they can come back 
I mean, they, it's just they can have a designated hitter. Yeah. To so the pitchers never have to get up to never bat. So they will never that, bat again ever in Major League Baseball. Is that so they don't get hurt, like get hit by a ball or pitch? Well, or something? I think more than that. I mean, that's probably part of it, but more than I that. Mean, you know, they don't want to see, most pitchers are, you know, notoriously poor hitters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, either strike out or bunt for the most part. Right. Right. And so I, I think baseball wants to add a little bit more offense. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, see, in the when the DH was first implemented in 1973, and that was a long time ago. It's, it's a long time ago when you think about it. That's almost 50 years ago. Wow. Almost 50 years ago, they've had the DH just in one league. I mean, they, they've been playing by two different sets of rules right. for almost American 50 years. Right. It's yes. always been in the American League. Mm -hmm. Ron Bloomberg, former Manchester Yankee, was the first ever designated hitter for the New York Yankees at Fenway Park. Wow. First uh, player to come to the plate introduced as a designated hitter was Ron Bloomberg, by the legendary Sherm Feller at Fenway Park. And the Red Sox' first uh, designated hitter in that same game was Orlando Cepeda, who had a fantastic career in the National League. But his knees were gone. His knees were shot, so he couldn't run very much. But he could still hit. He could still hit. So it kept a superstar in the game, as it did for a player, uh, the first one that comes to my mind, other than Cepeda, is Harmon Killebrew, who had a great career with the Minnesota Twins, but in the latter stages of his career, he couldn't move, couldn't move much anyway, uh, but in the latter stages of his career, it got even worse. But he could still hit. He could still hit the long ball. And you know, chicks dig the long ball. Uh, so it kept Harmon Killebrew around for a while, kept Orlando Cepeda around for a while, and a few other big names at the time. So, you know, they were keeping some big names around, and, you know, they were getting a little bit more offense. And this was at a time when there wasn't as much offense. There was better pitching in baseball for whatever reason back then. And there wasn't as much offense. They wanted to get the offense jump-started a little bit, keep some bigger names around, drawing cards, if you will. Uh, so it, it kind of made sense originally. Now, I over the years, I've come, come to hate the DH. I would rather see them go back to real baseball yeah. rules. Yeah. Hey, real quick. So if I'm a designated hitter... I hit to first base, and I can't run. Can yep. I get a designated runner? <laughs> I just was thinking that. Wait a minute. If I'm Killebrew and I can still hit, I, well, yep. when, in his day, and he got to first base, could they put in a designated runner for the designated hitter? You know, at one time, they actually <laughs> talked about a designated runner. I mean, you can have a pinch runner, okay, but, but, but that, means, that means, though, that the player has to leave the game. If you put in a pinch runner, okay. the player has That's, to leave the game. All right. But at one time, they did float the possibility, <laughs> never happened, of a designated runner. Okay. Anyway, there's a lot more to talk about, yes. folks, on this edition well, of Kale and Company. A lot and of sports. We're glad you could join us today for this edition of the show here on 1450 WKXL, 1039 FM in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in the Manchester area. We are presented by Weed Family Automotive. Dan and his great staff at 124 Store Street in Concord. You can book an appointment right now at WeedFamilyAutomotive.com. Welcome back to Kale and & Company. And we're glad to have you with us today. 
Ken Kale, Kitty Ray on hand. Usually yes. we talk movies, and we will yes. in, uh, in a future broadcast. Uh, but today we are focusing on a very, very busy sports weekend. And I love talking sports. And it was great that uh, you know, the Celtics uh, had their number retirement ceremony for Kevin Garnett on Sunday. The ceremony was carried live right here on WKXL. And you got a chance to uh, hear, uh, you know, a, a, a great uh, presentation. And uh, KG spoke. Uh, Brian Scalabrini was given the uh, assignment of interviewing him. <laughs> Scal, they were Scal, funny. they were teammates. Yes. And you know, there's been some argument on uh, some talk shows, and uh, you know, one, once in a while, I, I will might uh, you know listen to uh, other outlets and uh, and hear what they're thinking. Some people. We're under, you know, under the, uh, I, I don't know, uh, under the impression that, you know, because he was only a Celtic for six years and won just one championship, that Kevin Garnett's number should not be retired. The number five should not be retired. He only won one championship with the Boston Celtics. But... Here's the argument against that, and I definitely feel that his number should be retired, and now it officially is. But he rejuvenated a franchise that was really in the doldrums for years before that. I mean, they had a, a relatively you know, new building at the time, uh, which at one time was called the Fleet Center. It's called the Shawmut Center before that, very briefly. Then the Fleet Center. Now it's the TD Garden. But, you know, they, they weren't packing the place by any stretch of the imagination. There were a lot of empty seats at Celtics games prior to the second Big Three. And that Big Three was Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and KG, right. Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Garnett. Number five. And now two of those numbers are retired. Paul Pierce is 34. Kevin Garnett's number five. I don't know, and I don't really think that uh, Ray Allen's number 20 is going to be retired. I have the feeling that it won't be. Uh, you know, Ray also won the championship, won championship with them, and had a tremendous impact on that team. But for many years, there was that feud, that kind of Hatfield-McCoy's feud between Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. Mm -hmm. Because Ray wound up playing for the Miami Heat. And uh, KG was not pleased about that. Now, there might have been other things, too. Right. You don't know. You don't know. But uh, that, you know, was speculated as one of the reasons that they had a, a feud over the years. But Because he left. Because yeah. he left or how he left or where he went yeah. or all of that. All of the above. You know, and it could be disappointment, too, because after winning that championship, Yeah. And then you have all, and, and what you said about Kevin Garnett, you know, he was really a leader. I mean, um, and he did, he was one that really did give give them a um, kickstart. Oh, he did? Yeah, he, oh, he did. He really did. And so maybe he was just disappointed that, you know, his work, they could have done much more. And I, maybe it was just a huge disappointment for him, yeah. let down yeah. for him. And, uh, 
Danny Ainge made that infamous flight yeah. into, uh, you know, talking him into becoming a Boston Celtic. He had been a Minnesota Timberwolf uh, all of his career until he joined the Boston Celtics. I think he was in Minnesota 12 years. Wow. And uh, finally, uh, Danny Ainge persuaded KG that Boston was the place to be. I mean, the Celtics were floundering. Yeah. They basically had two players. Uh, that really had any, uh, you know, had any great skill, and that was Paul Pierce and uh, Antoine Walker at the time. But, uh, you know, they, they just weren't cutting it. I mean, they didn't have much of a supporting cast. Very little defense was played, and the Celtics were floundering for a number of years in a relatively new building that was, uh, you know, half empty when the Celtics were playing there. Many, many nights it was half empty. So... Yeah, Kevin Garnett just, uh, you know, put them over the top along with Ray Allen. And they both, you know, elevated the play of Paul Pierce as well. And I think, uh, you know, Kevin Garnett elevated everybody's skill. I mean, you think about that team. Uh, Kendrick Perkins was on that team, the championship team in 2008. Big Perk, you see him on TV a lot. Brian Scalabrini, you certainly see him on TV a lot. Uh, James Posey was a, a great shooter. Eddie House, uh, big baby Glenn Davis, <laughs> uh, a member of that team. Leon Poe, and uh, you know, all put together uh, very skillfully by Danny Ainge, who did a great job putting it together. And unfortunately, uh, injuries uh, kind of uh, took its toll uh, on that team, and uh, they were only able to win one championship, but revitalized, revitalized. That franchise, no doubt about that. And didn't you say that uh, Kevin Garnett never played in college? Oh, no. He never played in college, right? So all of what you're saying, this guy came out and that many years with the Timberwolves and then coming to Boston. He was 18 when he was drafted. Right. Yeah. 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 That is something. Yeah. And he certainly made his impact. Member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. So, uh, yeah. And his number now, retired to the rafters. At the TD Garden. And it's right next to Paul. Right next to Paul Pierce. The truth, Pierce. That's right. And right right (laughs) under, right under Cedric Maxwell's 31. 31, yes. Yes. (laughs) Max, of course, at the retirement ceremony. That's right. Yep. Take our final break here, heading down the home stretch of uh, this edition of Kale and Company on a very, very busy time for the world of sports. So we thought we would concentrate on that today. And glad you could be with us right here on WKXL. And streaming 24 hours a day on nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back. We are heading down the home stretch of this edition of Kale and Company. And coming up later this week, it will be the start of March Madness. Oh, it is. The NCAA Men's College Basketball Tournament. The top seeds were selected on Sunday. Those top seeds in the various regions are Gonzaga. Oh, they're always there. They're they are always because there. they're good. You can't beat those bulldogs. No, you can't. Uh, well, you a- can, but <laughs> Arizona, they're there as well. Kansas, the Jayhawks. Yes. And Baylor. The Bears. Those are the top. <laughs> that's right. The Baylor Bears. Yes. Yes. Uh, where RG3 used to play, but not basketball. No, he didn't. No. <laughs> uh, and the New England teams in there, yes. uh, in the tournament, are the Yukon Huskies. They're a fifth seed in one of the regions. Nice. They're taking on uh, New Mexico State in the first round. The Catamounts of Vermont. 
Oh, go Vermont. They're a 13th seed. They're taking on number four, Arkansas, in the first round. Number 14, Yale, won the Ivy League title. Awesome. They are going to the tournament to take on the Boilermakers of Purdue. Are they playing Purdue? They're playing Purdue. Oh. Yes, indeed. Because you know those brackets we all are going to be doing that we say we're not going to do, but we are? Yeah. I had the Boilermakers up there for me. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Well, you know they're going to win their first round game. Uh, and (laughs) And then the number four Providence Friars will be in there against number 13 seed South Dakota State. So those are the four New England teams that are in the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Kitty Ray, next time we'll talk movies. Okay, we have to do it soon. The Academy Awards are coming up, folks. And that will do it for this edition of Kale & Company. Thanks to Duncan Walsh for joining us, and congratulations, Concord High Crimson Tide.